This morning in the Eagle Studio, we have Richard Petzal joining us. And over the phone, we got David Coop on the line. David, how are you? Well, I have to say uh, this is day 70 on my trip, and uh, and my, my 53-year-old body is holding in there quite well. I, I had questions about uh, on day 30 on whether I'd make it this far, but uh, I, I, I have a lot of people praying for me, so it's, uh, it's gotten me to this point. <laughs> right on. And uh, Richard, we heard about David through you. Talk about how, Richard, how do you know David? Well, this goes back a long ways. Uh, you know, I'm not going to bring up the fact that he's in the mining sector. I used to be in the forestry sector. So, you know, the Paw Flin Flon rivalries on that. But uh, aside from that, I actually uh, um, met him uh, through Simon House Bible Camp. Uh, he, he was in, he big supporter. He's a big supporter of that uh, camp there. And I was on a board there. And uh, that's where I got to meet him. And uh, then his, uh, his uh, personality and, and his uh, uh, who he is... Uh, started to become more uh, well it's not just a legend it's a reality he's every every outdoorsman's bears grill <laughs> uh, guy you know this guy has you know he's got i've seen the videos of him uh, kayaking over wakusco falls and running his jet boat up rapids this this is the guy if you yeah you want in the bush with or yeah he's a mining exploration guy so uh, the He's a bush guy. I'm, I'm a, or you could say I'm a professional camper, maybe. That's <laughs> <enjoy>. <laughs> there we go. I like that. And, and so, Richard, what about David's trip has been so interesting to you? Because it seems like you're following it step by step, day by day. Well, he's living, well, like I said, uh, I've got I got a trip I'd like to do someday, and he just uh, re, uh, revived that hope to do that someday. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're following him. Uh, supporting Dave, he's uh, done a lot of good work, uh, not only in, in his sector, but uh, uh, also for uh, the kids up north. And so uh, that's near and dear to my heart, too. So he's, uh, I just want to make sure he, uh, he gets all the exposure he can to uh, his cause and, and what he's doing. So, uh, yeah, people can follow along and help out if they can. And David, talk about the trip for those that aren't aware of what you're doing. What is this idea? Well, I guess I've always been a, uh, an outdoorsman. Uh, I grew up, my brother was a, uh, he, he was my, my champion. Uh, he was eight years older than me, and he was the hunter, trapper, canoeer of the family. And he worked for Churchill River Canoe Outfitters in the early days. And they used to have a, a part of the program called uh, Wilderness Trails, where they used to, uh, uh, it was a non-profit organization that would allow kids from the south or anywhere that they didn't have money to go on canoe trips and, and they would lead it through the wilderness trail program where they provide uh, Christian uh, canoeing uh, leaders to run these trips and my brother was one of those uh, leaders and he'd bring me on these canoe trips every night because he they didn't sometimes they'd need a spot to fill in for a paddler and I was he was uh, like 20 and I was 13 and he'd say hey we got a spot to want you come up for the summer and or, or come on a on a two-week canoe trip, and that's sort of kind of how I got into canoeing uh, and, and on the Churchill River near Mississippi, uh, Saskatchewan, and uh, he, he worked for that organization for eight years, uh, and it's run through Churchill River Canoe Outfitters with Rick Riediger, uh, who also uh, uh, ran that program through through that, uh, he, well, he's the owner-operator of, of, the, of that program. So anyhow, uh, that's how I got into canoeing, uh, and I've always been a big part of of Simon House Bible Camp and and uh, 
Uh, I I grew up going to Bible camp as a, as a kid, and it had a huge impact on on my life. And, and I, I see a lot of kids and, and broken families that uh, uh, benefit hugely from these these camps and and uh, organizations that, that have anything to do with uh, children's ministry. Is I've always had a heart for, and uh, and so when I was running my business. Uh, a lot of my donations and funding would go towards uh, these 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 types of organizations. And so, Flint Flon to Tuck Toyak Tuck. How did these? Uh, how did you decide? You know, this was the route that I'm taking. Yeah, well, it's it's. I sort of so I've been canoeing for over 35 years, and I've been fortunate enough again through the beginning years of my brother. He connected me with other uh, serious wilderness trail uh, wilderness canoers that would do these, these extreme trips in the north. A lot of these routes would be old fur trading routes, and, and these guys that I would paddle with have been paddling their whole lives, and, and they, they would follow the old rivers that the David Thompsons and the Samuel Hearns and the J.B. Tyrells would, would, would travel, and, uh, and I managed to get hooked up with these guys many years ago, and, and they kind of uh, would teach me the history all along the way. Uh, uh, of all these rivers, along with all their skills that they've been, you know, doing for their whole lives. And, and so I always wanted to do a, a trip that kind of would start from my house in near Flintstone. I live on a, a lake called Schist Lake, and it's linked to all of the fur trading uh, river routes in, in Canada. So, so basically, I'm we're about 100 kilometers north of Cumberland House, where the Hudson Bay Company had a major uh, warehouse and uh, uh, and their, their inland, I guess, port uh, where they would uh, gather all the furs from central Canada. And, and, and so it, uh, this area where I live is, is, it was greatly impacted by the fur trade and hence why actually why the mining industry got started and where we were is because uh, David Thompson and these guys were all also trained in, in prospecting and they would, they would kind of take note of the geology in the area. And in the Flintstone area, in the Beaver Lake area or Amisk Lake area on the Sturgeon Weir, always had high prospects for for copper and gold, and so then and then that's kind of how the industry got started. And in, in Flintstone was from from their maps uh, of the area. So I I, I I don't know what it. I just always wanted to travel from my house using the old fur trading routes to to get go to the Arctic Ocean. I've always wanted to go to Tukyuk. Tuk. It's always been a, a place on my mind uh, for over 40 years. Uh, I've seen it on the map, and, and it's at the end of the Mackenzie River. And I thought, you know what? In the early years, I, I thought I was going to drive down the Dempster Highway. I always wanted to drive the Dempster Highway, which goes through Whitehorse and, and the Yukon and, and eventually ends up at uh, just before Tukyuk. Tuk. And, uh, uh, but all of a sudden, this dream of mine about canoeing to Tuck Duck Duck came about 15 years ago. So I've been planning it for for about that long, and all the canoe trips I would discuss my routes with all the the guys I would canoe with, uh, all the historians, and, and, and exactly which way I'd go and the best way to go. And uh, uh, and even before I got married uh, 16 years ago, uh, and even when I first got married, I let my wife know that this is my dream trip I plan to do one day, and she fully supported it and uh and so uh i had her blessing uh uh, uh and i think even before we got married i made sure i got my dream trip planned in there <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's it's a three and a half month trip so i i i i thank her uh greatly uh, for for letting me let me do this 
And so how many days out are you right now, and, and where are you calling us from? Well, this is day 70, and I'm in Fort Smith. Uh, uh, Fort Smith is one of the forts that uh, Alexander McKenzie had, uh, the, you know, the Northwest Company had put along the Slave River. Uh, it's in between uh, Lake Athabasca and uh, Great Slave Lake. And so I, I'm quite uh, thrilled to have made it this far. Uh, the first the first 600 kilometers was uphill. Like, I had to basically the paddle from Flim Flon to get to the height of land, that basically where the river watershed sheds to the north, uh, I actually had to paddle upstream the first 600 kilometers, which was, was going to be the, the, the task that I was dreading the most. Uh, wow. And that's where I, I explained earlier that I thought... Uh, this 53-year-old body was uh, it would it would tell the truth if I was going to survive the trip if I could make it to uh, to the top of that hill. Yeah, no, uh, that's uh, so. What's uh, the, been the greatest challenge? Is the portaging or what has been the bugs? What has been the uh, greatest challenge you faced so far? Well, uh, like I said, the uh, the, the uphill section. Uh, there's a section. Uh, in between my lake, <laughs> to be honest, I, I, I was not in the greatest of shape uh, when I started the trip. I, 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 my plan was I was going to paddle my way into shape, uh, but, but what happened was the most grueling section of, one of the most grueling sections of the whole trip was right the, the very first two, three days, or four days, uh, where I had to go from uh, Schist Lake to get into Amos Lake, which is an old prospector uh, uh, fur rate trading uh, uh, route down the Meridian, up the Meridian Creek, uh, which was totally dry, and all the portage trails were over a kilometer and a half through swamp, and uh, and I had to drag all my stuff for the first three days through swamp and and uh, uh, and, and 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 down bouldery creeks that were full of beaver dams, and 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 that basically almost killed me in the first three days. Uh, so that that was uh, the first great challenge. I, I had many friends. Of course, I was quite close to town at that time, and I had a lot of people that would kind of find where I was and come and cheer me on and, and bring me an extra chocolate bar or pop here and there. <laughs> so so I, I have to say that I, I actually uh, uh, I was portaging, and, and it was pouring rain and, and full of bugs, and, and, and I actually get to my pack uh, after a kilometer half of bringing, and I, I was going over back and forth about four times. When you're solo, it doubles the time amount of time you have to uh, carry stuff over the portages. And so when I get back to my packs uh, after doing one trip, I'd actually collapse, and I'd actually fall asleep in the pouring rain with bugs all over my face. And, and I felt good to sleep in the rain, I, and I didn't. I just needed to get ten minutes of sleep in the rain, and that's how. That's actually how rough it was at the beginning. I, I was actually just collapsing on the trail and sleeping in, in pouring rain. And so, in those moments, you know, where it gets really, really hard, and, and it's you, you're kind of feeling like maybe you want to give up. What, what keeps you going? Well, fortunately, that was at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the trip. <laughs> so I, uh, it was uh, my 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 body and my mindset was you know what I I knew this was going to be tough but I didn't realize how tough it was going to be at that time but I got I know what I'll get through this part and then uh, and then I got a you know two or three weeks of just regular uh, paddling upstream and and lining upstream which is hard enough as it's in itself but the portaging all that gear over these swamps and 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 uh, and trails or portages that have no uh, they're all growing in, and you have to kind of, you know, bushwhack your way through some of these uh, portages. Uh, I knew 
if I get through that part, I, I, and, and I'll, I'll be okay. And then if I can kind of carry on for another three weeks for the, up the next 500 kilometers of upstream, uh, uh, I'll get stronger as I go. So I just knew a lot of people were just think, thought that this was an amazing idea at that time. That's well, they think you're crazy. People. It's yeah, that, that people, yeah, that, that's the word that would come up. It says, are you serious? Like, you know, and they would stop my wife on the street. Is, is your husband okay? You know, he, like he's, uh, uh, like he really wants to paddle the Arctic. And uh, 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 we, 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 we think that's awesome. But, uh, wow, man, like that's just an just a unbelievable task to take on. And what's interesting is that back in the day, that was normal, everyday stuff. And you're just doing what they used to always do normally. Yeah, yes and no. I guess part of the the, the thing with the fur traders is, uh, uh, I mean, they wouldn't, uh, uh, like David Thompson and Salmi Hearn wouldn't go sold. They, they actually would hire a team of local natives that would carry their stuff over the, and not, and not to say that they didn't carry anything. And I'm going to say that David <laughs> Thompson was the most incredible explorer that, I think he uh, 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 has put over 90,000 kilometers of, of, of canoe paddling across Canada uh, in his lifetime. I think that's what the uh, under the historical facts is. Uh, and, I mean, and he, he would obviously would carry uh, his, his weight, or if not more, and, and, and packing over the. So, no, yeah, this is the way of life for them. And, uh, uh, and, and, and they, are, they, are built, they were built for that. Where I'm trying to, you know, go from the, the you know, the, you know, the, the 2000s back into the 1600s, and and trying to relive a life that uh, they, they, you know, they they grew up doing. <laughs> and and you're probably 10 years older than they ended ever expected to live anyway. Well, yeah. Well, David Thompson, uh, he got a start. He was 14 years old when he came over to Canada to to run the uh, one of the offices in Churchill. Like, it's unbelievable the, the the ages that these guys started their their careers at. Yeah. And so they they started in their early teens, and and the the, the you know kind of the, the climax of their uh, uh, of their profession where they they'd be basically in their their 40s, and and, and that basically have be kind of you know. The, Kind of near the end of their their careers because basically they they just bodies have just worn out or they uh, uh, so they they they'd start quite quite young and but they would they'd also be traveling with uh, teams of, of locals and they would and, and as they would go up these river systems they would run into uh, uh, other natives that would know the area and then they would hire a whole group of other natives that would get them through all these different river systems and and uh, and because that's their their main route for for trapping and fishing and everything else. So all these trails and everything would were completely cut open and trampled down in the early years, and and uh, they would help them over these portages. So in uh, saying that, uh, uh, it still was a, a, a extremely tough tough lifestyle. I'm not discounting what they what they did. I, I guess for myself, I'm kind of going. I'm trying to <laughs> do do a fraction of that uh, in, in a space of time of of what my body is letting me do it, and I. And I, I could bear, barely kind of get my through myself through it. And so now, uh, calling us from Fort Smith, what kind of, you you talked about paddling yourself into shape? What kind of shape are you in? Well, I, I commented on my blog the other day. Is it took me to about day sixty, where I could paddle all day, and actually at the end of the day feel like it was just like kind of like taking a walk uptown. 
where your 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 arms and your back and your your whole core is so used to paddling that I actually the last week I have not been able to, I didn't have to take any kind of painkillers like ibuprofen or Tylenol which was uh, part of my diet plan at the the first sixty days <laughs> <laughs> I believe the, the, the first. The first 20 days was uh, double the dose, uh, where you just uh, you get canoe like when you paddle all day and just like anything you haven't done anything, you know you don't do it every day. Uh, you, you, your body is not used to it, and it just is just completely you know broken down at the end of the day. Yeah, you should uh, mention about your shirt, and uh, it, uh, you know, and you had the map on your shirt, and now it, you're wondering if the distance got uh, shorter now. Uh, no, that, that's right. So, yeah, I got a, a T-shirt I had made up, and it's funny, I, I, I wasn't planning on making this T-shirt. I had a photo of, of a picture of the, the general map of my trip, and I was in a store in the mall in Saskatoon where they do uh, print-up T-shirts, whatever you whatever you want on it. And I said, hey, can you put this photo on a T-shirt? And I just like to kind of, you know, when people talk about my trip, they want to see, well, where is this and where are you going? And where I could just wear the map and say, here. And it turned out to be awesome. And, and I have to say, at the beginning of the trip, uh, the, the map was a little, uh, it was kind of like the globe. It was a little rounded. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so, so as you're, uh, it's just like the globe, you know, it, it, when you go over a round hill, it takes a little longer to get over. It's the distance increases as you go over. So I figured as the trip was going on, the shirt was getting a little flatter, and I was just joking online saying, well, maybe my trip is getting shorter because <laughs> my shirt's getting flatter. <laughs> you're, you're a flat earther now. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's right. I get to the end, I might fall off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and so, Dave, if people want to keep up with, with the trip or help you out with your cause, where can they go to see all these photos and, and read these blog posts? Well, I got a Facebook page. It's uh, Dave Coop Adventure. Uh, so, Coop with a K. Uh, and then, and I also got a, a website. And uh, before the, I mean, yeah, before I started my trip, I was actually contacted uh, by CEF, uh, uh, Child Evangelism uh, Fellowship of Canada. Uh, Gwen Ford is the national director, and she's actually um, related to Gwen through my wife, uh, so she'd be sort of my auntie-in-law, and and she's been with the group. uh, And they they do Christian day camps all across Canada and all across the world. Uh, And and, and I remember... uh, uh, going to these Christian day camps, so basically through the summer they would kind of set up in a ballpark and they would do Christian programs and they would do arts and crafts and and then have kind of like you know story times and and so a wonderful organization that the, the, they reach out to uh, children in in, in, in neighborhoods uh, all over Canada and the world uh, and and they're they're raising they're raising money for a new director they're putting in uh, I think in New Brunswick uh, where they they're opening up a new office there. And so she says, "Hey, Dave, can we can we use your canoe trip to kind of uh, sponsor a, a fundraising event, where they can kind of put money towards every kilometer you paddle?" And and so on my website, there's a link to CEF Canada uh, Child Evangelism uh, Fellowship, uh, where they can click on that link and they can donate anywhere from uh, you know three dollars to whatever amount they want to donate towards every kilometer I, I paddle. Uh, 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 for this cause, and so I thought, you know what? That's what I, I and now it kind of gives my trip a little bit more of a purpose. I, I really, you know, I have to be honest. I really don't know what the true purpose of this trip 
uh, was or even still is. I, it was my as a passion or my dream of mine. But since I started and people following, I'm getting all kinds of uh, uh, encouraging messages on Facebook about how I got my 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 grandparents are in the old folks' home and and they and they and and this is they they wake up every day to kind of see the posts of what you post or where you are or what you're seeing in the wilderness. And it's just that it gives them the thrill of their day. And, and, and people that are sick in the hospital that are not doing well, they, they, it's been encouraging them. And, and people that kind of feel like, you know, I'm over the hill and, and like myself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Richard, too. Yeah, there, said, hey, yeah, yeah, you, you, could, you, could, you could still do something. Yeah. you know. And, and I got a lot of people like, like Richard that say, you know what, I, 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 I do want to do a, a, a trip, but I don't know if I, I can. And I, be, I was in the same book. You know what? I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of past that point of being able to do something like this. And, and my body uh, has just gotten stronger, and I've gotten, and, and you know what? I have no pains. I, I, I uh, All my my muscles, everything is all is toning right up. Uh, so I'm probably in the best shape I've been in, in 40 years. Uh, uh well, I guess I would have been ten years old back then. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but anyways, uh, uh, it feels very good that I'm encouraging a lot of people through this trip. And I and 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 at the time, I thought it was just a selfish trip that I'm just doing for myself and and want to do. But it's turning out to be a fundraiser, uh, encouraging an incredible number of people for uh, uh, just all the different challenges you 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 get in life. Yeah. Any final question from you, Richard? No, just keep paddling, man. You got lots of people following you. You got a yeah, you got a you got a following that's uh getting larger as you go. So uh yeah, just keep at her and uh yeah. Yeah, appreciate that, Richard. Oh no, thank you. And uh, the one thing I wanna add is you know what? The other thing is is the people I meet along the way and all these communities are there, uh, uh the the reserve reservations and, and uh all the native communities that are along the river systems were were there for the fur trade, and a lot of them gathered in these places to, so that they could trade with the Europeans. And 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 these villages have only gotten bigger since the, since that time, except they don't have the fur trading industry anymore. And I've I've discovered that the the commercial fishing has also been sort of declining in these areas. And I'm I'm starting to kind of uh, part of my trip is kind of looking into well, why aren't we commercial fishing more? Uh, uh, like I, I, I live off of uh, northern pike and walleye and and trout when I'm back home and just love it. And and everybody that that eats these, these kind of fish, uh, it's the best fish you can eat in the world. And we don't even we don't even uh, commercialize it here in Canada, which is which is crazy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting how uh, all these villages and communities have all been kind of set up, but they're just kind of in limbo now. And uh, with without purpose in some cases, you're you're saying you know, and so uh, it's interesting what's going on in these communities. But the the friendships that you're making along the way, I always said the northern friendships you made, you know, you can say see you later, and in 15, 20 years, you just pick up and you s- start off where you left off. Oh no, absolutely, and, and and from these new new connections is that you connect to, to people that have the ways of kind of seeing the needs uh, uh, of the northern villages, and I'm talking about the, the 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 children and the teenagers in these in these communities that uh, basically find themselves at a dead end because it wasn't too long ago. It was, uh, I mean, I was trapping into the 1980s, and actually, uh, 
1990 is actually when the fur trade actually officially kind of stopped producing money uh, because everybody uh, uh, was the act- activists didn't want you know animals being trapped for furs and everything else, and so the so the fur industry totally collapsed, and so these people's way of life since and I mean this is as early as 1990 completely has shut right down where uh, they used to be out on the land trapping and fishing, and I'm not supporting, you know, restarting the, the, the trapping and the fur trade back up, but I'm talking like the commercial fishing absolutely could be reviewed for, uh, and it's bugging. So we get, here's the other thing, is these communities have barges and uh, 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 commercial goods flowing in uh, that come from all across the world, uh, uh, and, and then they're being fed by the, the Costco's and the Walmarts and everything else, but everybody pays double when they go up north for a piece of furniture and, and, and food getting flown in. Where uh, they all have gardens in these areas and, and grow beautiful gardens, and they, they and they all could have fish plants that actually are shut down. There, we're, we're we're not even feeding our own people with our own resources. Uh, 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 we got the largest freshwater systems in the world unutilized, and I guess that's now sort of kind of some of the things I'm sort of learning along this trip, which I was. I wasn't sure what I would learn or what not learn, but uh, that's one of the things that have come to light is we're not even using our own natural resources for our own people. Well, Dave, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning, and we look forward to hearing more stories uh, on your blog and on Facebook. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mill. Thanks for letting me chat with you.